Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today I have on Susie Carter. She is the author of Power Your Profit. She went from making 25k a year being a hairdresser and now she's built and sold two businesses for 10 million dollars each. She's coached 100,000 entrepreneurs to increase their revenues by 3000%. She's an author and she has the podcast power your profit uh she's gonna help us reshape our relationship to money how to convert your workers into business partners earn more profit with 80 percent less staff to uncover hidden profit gold mines to create strategic partnerships how to write a business plan the works it's going to be really really insightful and you're not going to want to not <laughs> write anything down right now like so grab a notebook take notes here is Susie. Hope you enjoy her and learn something. Correct. So how do you think that helped you in scaling your businesses? Like, where did that help you? And do you think it's um, also, did it stop you from going anywhere in businesses? Or was it just only like a benefit for you? Um, well, not knowing what I didn't know. Right. I think understanding to really understand that you kind of need to know the backstory, which is I found myself, I got married really young, fell in love with a beautiful man who had muscles, a checkbook, he had a car. That must be a good husband, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So got married. And then also, you know, I was 17 when I met him. I didn't know what love was. I didn't know what marriage was, you know, and found myself divorced single mom with two little girls and I had to figure out how to provide for my children. I had no alimony, no child support and just had to do it. And so the it was, I was a hairdresser Mm -hmm. and I would go and study at night at the bookstore because I couldn't afford classes. It's not like it is now where you could just go online. You had to know someone that knew someone in your industry that could help with business and So I'd go to the bookstore and learn about marketing. And then I'd go to the bookstore and learn about business financing. And there's in that industry, there's no mentors, especially in where I was in Southern California. It's kind of a wild, wild west in business. So it helped me from the standpoint of I could make as much money as I wanted or Mm -hmm. as little money. Because if you didn't do it, you didn't earn money, which is entrepreneurship. Right. That's the reality of entrepreneurship is if you don't produce something, you don't make money. So I learned that early on. I've been in business for 30 years and Paul Mitchell found me and said, what are you doing? How are you doing this? I was doing a quarter of a million dollars a year as a hairdresser, working three days a week. And then I worked for Paul Mitchell two days a week, teaching salons and spas, marketing techniques, not not my background, just here's what I'm doing in my business. Here's what I'm doing for my clients. So it became this evolution and really following the path of where I'm going to say God, like my higher power guided me to go do this. And I was always a yes. Okay, I'll try that. Oh, okay. Ignorance was bliss, right? I was ignorance on fire, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And the industry is very supportive as far as your network, right? The upper echelon the industry is still run primarily by men, and yeah. I found that to be a detriment 
I'm like, we need women trainers. They're like, great, you be that. I'm like, I don't know how to be a trainer. I don't know what to do. And they're like, no, but you're doing all the right things, right? Growing your business. I'm like, okay. So I think being in business, the negativity does help, right? Now, the negativity went on a little too long because I just didn't know where to go to get coaching or support. There wasn't anyone in that industry. So then I went outside the industry. And I took this millionaire's forum, uh, which scared the crap out of me, right? Because all these people, although our business was doing a million dollars, you had to do a million dollars to get in there. I think we were doing about three million when I joined that organization to really figure out how do I scale this? I wanted to raise money for this other project we were doing. In 1999, we wanted to create an online school. Now, okay. that was before WordPress, that was before Kajabi or Infusionsoft or ClickFunnels, any of those. That was way before any of that. So we had to build all that from scratch. Mm. Now, I'm not a technologist, but owned one of the top technology companies in the country. So I was like, wow. I think putting your mind to it and, you know, being a yes and getting clear on what you need to do, surrounding yourself with the right people mentally Right. I think that's even more important that's than technically. I didn't know. I, I didn't know what I was doing. Right. I was like, I, I don't know, but this is what I'm going to do. And that tenacity and that hunger to find out how do you do it. I probably spent more money than I needed to. It probably took twice as long than it had to. But we just didn't have the resources at our fingertips like we do today, which is a blessing. Right. There's no way I would have found you unless we stumbled on each other to show. Right. right. That's, that's the only way we would have we would have found each other. And our, our industries are the same but different. You might have been there. You might not have been there. Right. Because every industry has their specialized shows. So I think now with what we have to offer as entrepreneurs and that global reach is such an advantage, even though it's crowded and noisy, it's, business is always crowded and noisy. Yeah. So I think what worked for me is that hunger, the passion for my industry the passion to wanting to make a difference in the world, right? The passion to feed my children. <laughs> that's, that's important. Um, that is very important. That was the biggest driving force. Like, oh, holy cow, Batman, I got myself in a pickle. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, and my clients really pushed me to be greater. I didn't know they were doing that. Again, that's the ignorance. They were just like, Susie, if you wrote a book, we would buy it. I'm like, okay, I'll write a book. I'm on it. Not knowing what that meant. And you think back in 1995, that's when I wrote my first book, there wasn't like the self-publishing resources that we have today, right? You had to go to a traditional publisher. I went to a traditional publisher and they're like, oh, no, we don't need your book. We have a bunch of business books. My little arrogant, optimistic Heine said, oh, you don't want to publish my company? The book, I will open a publishing company. (laughs) Again, not knowing how to do it, I went and found a book, yeah. right? Books are amazing because they give you step-by-step, step, right? And then I had to implement it. So we started a publishing company. We had a salon and spa. We had a publishing company. We had a um, a virtual school, a business school for salons and spas, and built that and sold that business for millions. Now, I didn't grow up this way. So it right. wasn't like somebody taught me business. It wasn't like... I was born with a spoon in my mouth, but it was a fork. Remember sporks, the spoon and the fork, and it's plastic. (laughs) 
That was my spoon, girl. That's the spoon I had in my mouth. Um, so I learned, the, you know, everything from taking classes, right? As I got more seasoned in business, if I was sued, I went to a business law class. If I needed to understand business financing, I went to a business finance class. If I needed to understand tax strategy, we went to a class, right? Raising money, we raised a million dollars for that online business school because mm. we had to build everything from scratch. Girl, my first website was a half a million dollars. Like cool. when you start talking those numbers, you're, it's like monopoly money, right? It's like, what? Half a million dollars for a website? But there was no WordPress. Right? right, there was no software share back then. Look, I feel old, girl, saying all this. Back then, back in the day, we walked five miles in the snow. <laughs> uh, but it does make when they say that. <laughs> <laughs> right, our parents. In the snow, you can walk home. <laughs> um, and we lived in California, right? <laughs> right. Funny. So. So, so spirituality helps you. Spirituality has always been a huge foundation in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what saved me. It's what guided me. Um, it's always been present for me. I would walk into a church and just cry, like feel God's presence. I didn't know what it was back then. And get, I can sing and I love music, but you get me in church and you get me into praise and worship. I'm a bawling mess. My daughter's like, why are you crying? I'm like, listen to the words. It's so good. But I think it's how my higher power, I say God, but whatever your higher power is speaks to me. Like I hear it differently. Right. And in the darkest night, right, from getting a divorce, that that was hard. The the man I married, um, he was an African-American man, and I'm a white woman, and that was not socially accepted in 1982. Um my parents disowned me and my faith is what saved me. My faith, my community to say, it's okay. They, they're just not ready for you. And to give me grace to allow my parents or my dad to really accept differences because he grew up, you know, in a very racist mindset and, you know, a racist culture and, I was breaking the mold and I was the rebel and I just fell in love, right? I just fell in love yeah. with this person who's a beautiful human being or what I thought, you know, and my God, my, my spirituality, you know, I, I knew I could go and have a safe place to feel loved and accepted. And I didn't need outside stimuli if I was really clear on my compass which is always go home to my spirituality. So, I, you know, I pray every day, several times a day. It's just part of my, my being. I don't even think about it. Like if I'm having a tough situation, I get quiet. Some people call it meditation. I get quiet. I get centered. I listen. You know, I listen to the messages, write down the messages. And a lot of my work, Davina, is channeled, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not like the traditional channeler. So like when I'm speaking, I have a whole ritual of letting go of my ego or she-go, letting go of the noise, and ask God to use me for what the people need. Now, I have my content, and my content's amazing. You know how it is. You get off stage, and they're like, oh, my God, you said this. You know, what did you mean by that? I'm like, I don't 
really know what I said. It just is divine purpose. You know, and I felt so weird in my younger days saying that because I didn't understand it. I just knew people would ask me something about what I said, and I would go to the PowerPoint. They're like, no, no, not that. It wasn't in your PowerPoint. I'm like, I honestly was just being called to say what I said. Now, more seasoned, I'm really in tune with it. I can go back to the source of what was said, you know. And so I call it channeling, just I'm in the presence of a higher power saying what needs to be said for who needs to hear it. Like it truly is Susie, the person goes away because I'm a natural introvert. But I loved making a difference. I had to learn to be an extrovert. And it was a hard process. Like I, I still don't love speaking, but it's mm-hmm. the thing that God gave me to transform the world. It's a platform that I use to help my industry, help the people, help them build the business, right? In the early days, it was salons and spas. I've always been attracted to the business side. If you look at Business Divina, 15% of our success is our vocation. Right. The other yeah. 85% is all the business stuff we have to do. And so when you look at that, you're like, okay, well, I'm good at my 15%. You know, I'm great at it. Now let me focus on this 85%. So how do you, how do you approach somebody or how does somebody approach you when they're saying, you know, Susie, I think I'm cursed. Like, I don't know what to do. I do everything. I try everything. I've pivoted. I've switched jobs. I listen to the right people, but I, I'm just not making the money that I want to make. So how do you help somebody reframe that mindset? Well, per, first we have to dismantle is that true, mm-hmm. right? Because if you go back, the thing I love about numbers, I was not good at it when I started, okay. but numbers tell us the story. I'm not a CPA. I'm not an accountant. I need everyone to hear that because they assume because people call me the profit coach that I'm a CPA or I'm a financial advisor. No, I just learned this, right? I built 10 multi-million dollar companies, two $10 million companies, and I do it for my students every day. So this is a learned skill. You know, in 10th grade, Mr. Syverson said it was, he's like, you should not be in a career that has you do these formulas. I'm like, well, first of all, Mr. Syverson, well, my little saucy self, who, why are you putting the alphabet in math? It's hard enough <laughs> to do math, and then you're putting the alphabet in there with algebra, right? So it makes sense to me. <laughs> and now, if you know, if you would have told me 30 years ago you're going to be looking at profit and loss sheets, you're going to be looking at people's numbers, and you're going to love it, I'd say, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> and so now we have to work backwards to go, well, if you're not making money, everything goes down to an enrollment conversation, right? A sales conversation. How many appointments do you have booked? How many leads are you getting in? Out of those appointments booked, what's your effectiveness in it? And if you dismantle that, therein lies the challenge. Either we're not getting qualified leads. Because when I started this brand, this is my 10th brand, I started this brand, I was just getting leads. And then I started getting more and more clear on the defining point of who I'm working with. Okay. And I've been in business 30 years, so we started with a really good, here's our ideal avatar, but qualified means they can pay you. Most students, most business people are speaking to fans. They love you. They're following you on social media. 
They love the enrollment conversation, but they have no money. Well, that's a fan. That's not a student. That's not a, a person that can afford your services. And as entrepreneurs, it's kind of safer to go with people that you feel dominant over, right? Okay. So whatever industry you're in, it, it, that's our she-go or our ego. And so when I'm looking at their database, no, nine times out of ten, they don't have enough people in their database because the market says, just build a membership site. Just build a website and they will come. They will follow you. Well, 5,000 people in your database is not going to have you have a million-dollar business. True. Unless those 5,000 people are highly curated. If they're highly curated, meaning you really marketed to that client, our leads are anywhere between $20 and $150 a lead. So we have a small database, and we've done $5 million with a 12,000-person database. That's a highly curated database. So I think it's important that people look at, oh, I might have people in my database. I probably don't have enough qualified leads. I, I think business is like that combination lock we use in school or you use at the gym. You know, you have three numbers, 26, 47, 22. And if you have one tick off, that combination lock's not going to open. And that's business, right? If I have one tick off, if I'm not speaking to the qualified client, then I can't close anyone. I might have appointments all day, but nobody's qualified. So the hard part of the challenge is let's get in front of the qualified student. Now, once you're in front of the qualified student, you have to go, do they want what I have? Are they ready for what I have? Is it in their budget? Is it in their mindset? Like that's what you started off with is your mindset. Right, the mindset is if I look at your work and energy consulting, well, some people think that's woo-woo. And then there's people like myself that's like, oh, my God, that's awesome. What does that mean and how do I work with that? Exactly. So I think it's important that we're speaking to what it is that we all do and attract that person and realize i got to talk to 10 people to get one good one. And it's a numbers game, right? It's averages. And that's what I started to love is I could go, oh, it's not me. I'm not bad or wrong. Now, in the beginning years, like my closing was horrible, right? I right. didn't know how to close or I got scared or I would, you know, get a stomach ache and I'd have excuses about why I'm not picking up the phone. We all have that. And so when you track it, you see, oh, I'm really not making money because I'm not, I'm, I don't have the right indicators. I don't have the right people. Once we work backwards and go, oh, this is how many leads I need. I have, we have a, in my book, Power Your Profit, I give you the roadmap to building a seven-figure business. It's the roadmap. So if you want to build 250, you still need the roadmap to build a healthy business. You want a half a million, you want 10 million, I'm going to give you the roadmap. And in Chapter uh -huh. 8, Math is Money, Money is Fun, I show you what we do call a cash calculator. And okay. it says, here's how much, I'm, here's how much I want to make, Here's my price point, and then it will tell you how many leads you need to close, let's say, 10 customers. And so now I'm not making it about me. I'm going, oh, we just don't have enough qualified leads. And so even when I had, like, we just did this challenge. <clears throat> we had 600 people sign up for the challenge. Well, are all those 600 qualified? Are they not? You know, to go out of that 600, we probably have 200 that are qualified. Out of the 200 that are qualified, how many are ready for what I have? Probably 10% uh, of that. So to 200 people, I got 20 people that are 
ready to talk to me and do something. Then the next thing is, well, do they have the money? Right. right? So you, you've got to go down this thing. And so you might have out of those 600 people, 10 people might be who you're looking for. And so I like as a creative, when you're working in a structure, I have more freedom to not beat myself up. Okay. So do you think that would, would that, is it safe to say that we kind of have to grow a healthy money mindset because we're um, dealing with a lot of different like audiences and like if we're always evolving due to, you know, different businesses coming out, like do you think that it's something that we have to work on constantly? Like we're, we just can't be born with it. Yeah, so if if you grew up with it, that's different, right? Because they have right. been indoctrinated. So yes. 80% of our emotional programming is done by the time we're eight years old. So that's our beliefs. That's our values. That's right. our experience. So if you look at money, by the time you're eight years old, your family, your community, man, woman, your gender, your spirituality, your culture, economics teaches you about money. So if you think about parents that were born in the Great Depression, they held on to all their money, right? Yeah. They had they ate leftovers and you know they they stretched that dollar, right? Yeah. And each generation has a different set of mindsets. I grew up in my dad said you can have whatever you want, you just have to work hard. Well, that one little statement has ruled my life. I've had to go, okay, I can still do this, but I don't have to kill myself. <laughs> Right. This could be fun. Like that's been one of my biggest beliefs that I've had to break. And I find that it comes up, right? And it comes up inside of what's happening for me. And so when we work with clients, we look at what is your subconscious money beliefs? Because we can work at, at, on externally because we can be aware, but what's the subconscious stuff that's sabotaging you? And I'll do this exercise with myself and my team twice a year. There's okay. a whole training that I do with them. And we do it from a place of muscle testing that your body knows, like, what that is, right? And so when I'm looking at our belief system, the interesting thing, one that came up with to me, this I just did it this last week with a group in Chicago. And okay. one that came up was, I can't handle large amounts of money. And, oh. you know, you can't really process it when you're doing the exercise. And I'm like, well, what's a large amount of money? I mean, I've I've worked on projects that are $40 million. To me, that's a large amount of money. Right. I really had to think, where is this coming from? Like, is it a, a old belief from, you know, like a poverty mindset? And I realized I was working with this client on a billion-dollar project, right? The gross sales would be a billion dollars. Well, in the subconscious, it wasn't conscious because I'm working on this project. I'm putting all the projections together with my client. And... I realized, well, a billion is different than a million. Now, I always tell my students, this is I love like when coaching comes back and splat in your face, is 100,000 is just like a million is just more zeros, right? So to simplify it, to go, if, if you can generate money, we can generate a million dollars. We've got to work on your beliefs. We've got to work on the cash calculator. We've got to work on strategy. And so I thought, oh, I'm letting this billion scare me. And uh-huh. it's, it is the same. I'm, I'm doing the same format. I'm putting the same structure in place. 
right? I see methodically how we can achieve the goal. It just truly has more zeros. And then I can dispel it versus it unconsciously sabotaging the contract, right, or sabotaging the opportunity. And so a lot of times charging people what you're worth is a belief system versus because it's a value system, especially like if you're in your, your genius, if you're in that life force energy that says, this is what I was put on this earth to do, right. our subconscious says, well, this is my gift. I can't charge for it. And then we don't know how to charge for it. So we go, well, what does Davina charge? What does Susie charge? What does Mike charge? What does Bill charge? What does Roxanne charge? And then we come up with a pricing structure. But if I look at my overhead and your overhead, it's completely different. How many team members do you have? How many team members do I have? Right? What are we spending? That's what we need to create our pricing on. But again, nobody teaches us that. We're only looking, when we're looking at pricing, we're looking at um, demand in the marketplace. We're looking at, that's one factor, is to look at competitive analysis, meaning what does Susie charge? What does Davina charge? What does Kathy charge? Right? That's competitive analysis to go, here's the benchmark, right, of what everybody's charging, and then here's what I have to charge. I learned that the hard way. Like, I started consulting, you know, back in the 90s, and I didn't know how to charge it, so we just did $150 a session. And then I would do a session, I would have so much homework, because people really needed to be handheld, that I'm like, I'm doing way too much work. (laughs) So then you know, slowly raised it to where the fees are today. But it was this, I didn't know this formula. And I think that's what I love about my book, Power Your Profits. I'm just giving you the formula. Here's what I learned. Here's what I do. Here's what I learned. Here's what I do. Right? Take it and run with it. It's not a mystery. And if you look at your work, your work is so, like you work with a client. One client can wipe you out for the day. Oh, yeah. To me, that energy work, man, that's harder than my the work I do because I'm not taking on people's energy or getting into their energy. I am a little bit, but not to the degree that you do. Like if you look at energy healing, you know, you got to look at what is my prep time, what is my completion time from that. Like if I have a one-hour coaching call, I've got three hours of work, not one hour of coaching. Right. So I think people need to know that. Then that's minimum, right? If I'm not prepping before, if I'm not, you know, putting together projections. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. So, um, could you share maybe some hidden profit gold mines that you talk about? Yeah. I will. I'll give you. I'll give you five of the ten, right? When I look at, there's really, you know, ten points of profit inside of your business. Okay. And most people think it's one, right? The product or service. That is Mm -hmm. one. Um, So the first one when I look at is something called pyramid profit. And we all do this, right? It's what's your low-hanging fruit, then what's the upsell from that, and then what's the upsell from that, and what's the upsell from that. The challenge is experts are telling you to go sell your low-hanging fruit. Well, your low-hanging fruit is anywhere between $29 and $9.97. If I want to make a million dollars, you know how many $29 things I have to sell? 
And then if I have to sell those $29 things, how much advertising do I need to do to attract that customer? And then it's a wash, right, if I have to advertise. So let's just, I'll use an easy number like 100000 And okay. so we would have to sell 3000 $29 units to make a hundred grand. Okay, to sell 3,000, okay. I gotta times that by a minimum of 10, 10 leads to get one good one, that's 34,000 people I have to get into my database. That's not doable, especially for no. a brand new entrepreneur. Where am I gonna find 34,000 people year one, year five? Most people on average grow their database 100 people a month, right? right? That makes and so, yeah. That's 1,200 leads. Well, I need to sell 3,400 of those to be able to make the ends meet. So I flip that pyramid upside down. Sell your highest income producing activity first, right? So for me, it's consulting. And then the down sell to that is our, our global leadership program, right? So we have a $120,000 package. Then we have a $35,000 package. Those are the first two things I sell. I don't even talk about our online program. So if, if they can't afford those programs, they're probably not our ideal client. Now, I'll down, keep downselling them until I find their price point, but I'm going to start with, here's where I want to play with you at. And so the misnomer is start with the low-hanging fruit. We don't have, as entrepreneurs, the advertising budget to do that, the networking to do that. And so if I sell one consulting client, I can breathe. I can pay my team. I can do my social media. If I close two, now I'm at $240,000 for the year with two clients versus that 7,000 people to close $200,000. That, that's not realistic. Right. So the first point is that pyramid profit when I look at business. And the second point is what we call multiple income product, profit. So multiple income profit is when somebody comes to your business, what is what is the thing that you recommend for them? So it's mm. one visit, multiple sales, not I'm just going to sell you this thing. I want to look at the lifetime value of a customer. So I have a client that I've been working with for 15 years, right? So her average with all the things that we do is on a low end about 90 grand a year. So she's worth to me 1.3 million 50. That's the value of that client to me. That's the 15 years that I've worked with her. That's the lifetime value. Now, am I? I'll work for her with another 10. That's another $900,000. You treat your customers different when you look at. She's she's worth 1.3 to me today, right? So when I get irritated with her, because I do, like we've been working together for a long time, it's like you know, <laughs> it's a relationship to go. Oh, wait a minute. This is a client. This is the value. It's the lifetime value. So that's multiple income profit. It's not looking at the one cell, looking at what's possible. Uh, right. Multiple income profit is our affiliates and our partners. How do I get people holding the flag for Davina? Right. How do I have them talking about your program? Who would be a good partner for you? Who would help us spread your message? That's working smart, not hard. Right For this challenge we just did, 330 of those people came from partners. And again, if you look at my ad spend is $20 to $150 per lead. So again, let's just say $70. 
and I got 300 customers from that, that's $21,000 in free advertising that I didn't have to spend to get those 300 people. I'm like, well, that's smart. So multiple income profit is really looking at where is the money around me? It's not one thing we do. It's all the things that we do, right? Multiple income profit is referrals. Multiple income profit is do you have any VIP discounts, like frequent buyer clubs, right? You look at you look at brick-and-mortar businesses and go, how do we do that to online businesses or service-based businesses like yours and mine, right? Creating programs. What's I want people to think about their business. If you're in consulting, if you're in that service-based business, what is the ideal roadmap when someone comes to visit you? Like if I look at your business, we've got uh-huh. step one, which is the consultation. Then what's step two? Like what am I selling them into? And once I'm done with step two, what's step three? And then what's right. step four? How do I serve this client to be like you are, right? You're, you're a master at what you do. And what you had to do was invest heavily in your education to get where you're at. Same with me. I'd invest heavily in my business education, right, to my communication, my personal development to be able uh-huh. to serve the market the way the market needs to be served. So if you walk away from this call, I want you to look at what is what is that ideal roadmap so my clients that I've been serving for 15 years, you can't be fly by night and serve a customer for 15 years, right? There has to be a strategy. We keep playing together because I keep helping her make more money. So that's a good relationship. And I love that. I'd love to work with clients for 10 years, 15 years, if they're doing the work, right? If they're not doing the work, I don't want your money. Right? We've all had students like that. Why did you pay me if you're not going to do the work? Right? There's stuff we have to do. Um, so those are the first two. The third one is what I talked about was base price versus time profit. Okay. Most of us base, base our profit or base our, our, our pricing on time. Well, how long have you been doing what you're doing in your industry? Savina, how long have you been doing your six, seven years? Your work, six, seven years. So in that yeah. six, seven years of this business, we still have all the stuff that you've done previous, right? So that's it's. I'm paying for your expertise, not your time, right? Right? Because at the end of the day, I don't care if you work with me for five minutes if I have that breakthrough, right? I just yeah. need the breakthrough in this, whatever that is. It doesn't matter if it's an hour. I would prefer it to be less than you know, old old school consulting, or not consulting, therapy, where you would go and you'd spend years and years and years working on one thing, right? right. So you go, how, how can I have this kind of breakthrough, you know, quicker, faster, right? So we, we don't want to base your pricing on time because we're really basing it on your expertise. Yes. And so base price profit is your overhead divided by your capacity, right, gives you what you're your base price has to be, and then we want to add profit on top of that because profit is planned for. It doesn't happen. We all know that. Profit, just there's, it's kind of like saving money. Like you're going to save money when you have money. Well, that never happens, so you got to just do it. Yeah. Profit's the same way. you got to plan that 20% to go, I'm going to put 20% on top of this for profit. And if you look at construction, you look at landscaping, it's right there in black and white on the on the bid. They just put it there. Like, here's my cost, 
here's my expenses, here's my profit, here's your price, right? It's all black and white. But entrepreneurs, we're scared to charge what we're worth. We're scared to say, here's, here's what I'm actually making because we've got to fall on the sword and really be that martyr and go, woe's me, i got to work hard to make a difference. No, that's limiting mindset, right? That's that old belief. So I want to make sure you, you don't have any questions in these first three because so, I can go, girl. I can just run. <laughs> I love it. Like, I'm, like, as you're talking, like, my mind is spinning with, like, ideas and just it's clicking, like, things that I've done in the past that were probably really just terrible for business. And thank you for all the wisdom and knowledge. Honestly, it's been it's, – it's really helpful, and I feel like people are really going to benefit. But could you also um, – maybe give people like the first like a little advice on like how to start a business plan like that wouldn't be so intimidating like what's the first step like how do we just get started perfect so step one is there is um a business plan software that i used it's called live l-i-v-e plan p-l-a-n and so live plan is um, a business building software where it asks you questions, and then you type the answer. So you're only working on a small segment in time. So the first thing will be what's your business name, what's the entity. Like, and if you don't know, just put sole proprietorship. And then I'll say, what, what are you selling? Right? What's your vision? What's your mission? What would you like to sell? So you would put consulting, healing sessions, individual sessions, packages, right, speaking, you know, look at your products, right? These are all the things we're going to offer to our database, right? And then it says, okay, great. Here are all the services. Well, then how are you going to get it out in the world, which is your marketing plan? And so you're just answering the questions, and they give you great examples up above, right? So go, if you need an example of this, click here, and it'll show you. And so it really can be cut and paste, right? And then you want someone in the industry, a friend, a colleague, to look at it to go, where are the holes? Right, you can reach out to us, you know, on our website, which is suzycarter.com. Uh, we can support you. We've got a ton of free education that you can come to so you can start understanding the language because the language is what gets confusing. Some of the okay. stuff I'm saying is like E-I-E-I-O, right? People are like, what the, What was that? And base price profit and time profit and pyramid profit. And you're like, oh, I just thought I just want to profit. <laughs> So one, there's a there is a vernacular that you learn in business to go. Oh, I have to put my CEO hat on and take my technician hat off because my CEO hat will have me look at it logically. My technician hat says I just want to serve the world, right? I just want to do this work, right? Money's secondary. I got to put my CEO hat back on to go. Well, here's what we need to charge. So in, in my young days in business, I literally would have these hats in my office. <laughs> it sounds so stupid now when I say it, but to go, what role am I in, right? Okay, I'm the CEO right now, which means I have to look at it differently. I'm a trainer right now, consultant right now. I'm going to look at it differently. Like what does the customer need? If I had to coach my employees, because you have a small team, they become your friends, right? I'm not your friend right now. I'm your boss. And so it's understanding the roles, which that business plan software helps you do. And then you push the button on the business plan software, and ta-da, you have a business plan. 
And I built a $40 million business plan from that software. I'm not a professional business plan writer. I just took my time, answered the questions, looked at what we did in the business. From that business plan, we raised $2.5 million from that business plan because it allowed me to show how we will make money. It had me really think out what would work and what would not work. And so I want you to know that, again, I didn't hire a professional business plan writer to do it. I wrote the plan so that I could be in conviction for what I needed to do. And it had me see holes in my business to go, oh, I have too many products that I'm selling. I feel like the guy standing on the corner, like, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? <laughs> As I slow my roll, how do I serve the market? And with the highest income producing activity first, and then create the downsell, and then create the downsell. So juicy. <laughs> oh, oh, you're giving people so much to think about, Do Can you tell them if you're offering anything else in the upcoming months or just to reach out to you on Suzy Carter? Let them know what else you're offering. Yeah, we have an amazing three-day event coming up in September. Um, you can go to our website at Suzy Carter, S-U-S-I-E-C-A-R-D-E-R.com, um, and go, you can see we have a live event coming up about scaling your business. <clears throat> so wherever you're at, here's the roadmap for building the foundation to build a seven-figure business, right? It takes a minute to get that momentum going, but if we put in your plan, I want to make a million dollars, what do we need to do to do that? I don't want it just to be this arbitrary number in the sky. Right. And then you'll see, well, do I really want to work that hard the first year? No, I want to do this the first year. Right? So I think it's important to be able to see it. Then the second part is you got to believe it. And then the third part is you got to implement it. But if I got to have you see it first, so crystal clear, and to go, yes, that's my future. And then you got to believe it. Like the first time I built a million-dollar business, I didn't believe I could do that. That sounded like so much money. I had to work on my money mindset. I had to work on my limiting beliefs. I had to really call for something I didn't know that I had inside of me. And, and, and luckily I had a partner that could explain the numbers to me so I didn't feel like a ding dong. And I think that my passion is I want people to be empowered at looking at the numbers and what's the story it tells. So right. I just look at the numbers and go, oh, here's the story. Like we were talking about the person who says, I'm working hard, I'm not doing it. Well, are you? Let's go back and look at the numbers. Right. I have a client that she's like, well, we're just not selling. I'm like, no, let's, let's reframe that. You're not selling. You don't mm -hmm. want to be on the phone. You don't want to reach out. You don't want to call people. You want it to magically happen, and that's not what happens. There's no sprinkle fairy dust. So if you don't want to do that, then you don't want to own a business. Like sometimes that tough love and just someone saying it so crystal clear is like, you're right. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so thank you again so much for coming on and wish you all the best and we'll be in touch when this comes out. Thank you and thank you, Davina, for everything that you do in the world. Right, oh, healing yeah. us, right, healing our divine energy so that we can be the man, the woman we need to be to continue to do whatever the work is in the world that people do that you're helping. So I, I just want to say I value what you do. 
it is magical work when you can surrender and let that higher purpose take over and trust somebody like yourself. Oh, thank you. That was so cute. Thank you for the work that you're doing. It's really, really important and more people need to seek guidance and framing their money mindset. And I think this is the best episode for them to listen to, to try. Exactly. And come check us out. Follow us on social media. It's my name everywhere you go. Susie Carter, C-A-R-D is in dollar and dinero, E-R. And we'd love to support you. Thanks, Susie. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, I'd really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support. Back to Sherry in a second, but I just wanted to talk about my favorite vitamins by Mary Roots. I love to have the apricot, peach, and mango vitamin D gummies. They are delicious. And I know everybody has seen all these influencers getting these lymphatic drainage massages. Why not start with an amazing supplement in drop form? The lymphatic drops are also awesome. And I just got some new products that I'm going to try that I'm excited to, um, you know, implement into my diet. And if you guys want a code, it's Mary Ruth. You just go to their website, Mary Ruth Organics. It's an amazing company. It's all vegan, all natural, delicious. Use code Mary Ruth at checkout for a discount.